Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. And this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with our community, that's you, (laughs) about stuff that matters to us. We are so glad that you're here. And hi, Shannon. Hello. Hi. Nice to be doing this with you. It's a night night pod. It is a night pod. Night Night pod. (laughs) That was terrible. Cool, cool. Yeah, we're musicians. We can sing on key. Yeah. Mostly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? We each were singing on a key. I think that's indisputable. It's true. And we just, that we just was very to, spontaneous. We hadn't agreed ahead of time on what the key might be. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh-uh. Cool. Uh-huh. We were singing in multiple keys. That's how talented we are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so uh, how are you feeling today, Sugar? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, I, I'm I'm happy to report that uh, I have three feelings selected for this segment. And wow. they're all, they are all, um, I, I, I hesitate to say positive feelings. They are all feelings uh, that indicate my needs are being satisfied. Nice. Let's put it that way. Nice. Um, and that's nice. I, I feel rested. Uh-huh. I've had a couple of really good nights of sleep. Good. After several that I that weren't so good, we stayed up very late a few nights last week, and I think it's just and the it time change has been screwing me up still. Like, yep. but I think I'm actually. I'm, I think my body is getting back on track. Yeah. And I, so I feel rested and that's great. Um, I feel delighted today mm. because it was warm outside. It was it got up to like 63 degrees outside, blue sky, sunshine. The windows were all open in our house earlier today mm-hmm. because it was warm enough to do that. And I just felt a sense of delight yeah. in that. It was so great. To be clear, passive voice can be weird. We opened the windows. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we opened all the windows, yes. And um and and then right now I'm feeling very pleased because because it was so nice earlier, mm-hmm. I was able to get out into the yard, into the garden, and do mm-hmm. a little bit of weeding and mm-hmm. clean up and yep. stuff. And so I was gross. And so I took an early shower wow. today. Usually I shower right before bed, but I took an early shower. So I'm like already like clean, hair washed in my pajamas <laughs> early in the evening. And we're doing the podcast. And, and I just feel so pleased about it. <laughs> that's great. Love it's it. really great. How are you feeling? <sighs> Thank you for asking. I have three feeling words, but it's only two feelings because one of them is hyphenated. Oh, oh, well, uh-huh. I'm excited. I just felt, you know, a little competition with your three feelings. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. My first thing I'm feeling is fortunate. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling fortunate right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a general thing. I just opened up the lists. I try to make a practice when we're preparing for the podcast of actually just opening up the feelings lists. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it can be nice to be inspired by a word and be like, oh, that actually describes how I'm feeling, even hap- though I wouldn't have come up with it. It happens to me all the time. I love it. Yeah. That's how you came up with the equanimous a week or so ago, <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> totally. So, uh, you know, I just feel lucky in my life right now. Uh, there's nothing specific that's making me feel that way. I just, I'm getting a small, kind of not deluge, but just a constant stream of interesting work from interesting people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel grateful about that. Um, I'm healthy. Uh in fact, I found out today that I am even healthier than I had feared. I got a referral to a retina specialist because the eye doctor saw a little something that might be something, but it's not something. Yay! The specialist took one look and was like, ah, no, nah, it's all good. So Good retinas. That was a relief. Good. Yeah, because, you know, I know you got redundancy with the two eyes, but I don't even want to have trouble with one. Yeah. It just seems fraught. Yeah. They are a very important portal. Yeah. 
Although I have to say, if I had to choose between them or the ears, I would get rid of the eyes in a heartbeat. Whoa. Oh, that's a question. My, yeah, my I, ears are kind of my primary interface. They, that's true. Yeah. I, that's a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. that anybody has to choose that, thank goodness. Fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> at least not here, not now. Not now. <laughs> and the other way I'm feeling right now is clear-headed. Mm-hmm. I just feel just nice, lucid, on top of things. Mm. Uh, not particularly stressed. I feel excited about and interested in the work I have right in front of me and a little bit ahead of me. Mm -hmm. I also feel ready for all of it, not overwhelmed, like I've got plenty of time for all of it. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of feeling clear, focused, present, pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, Glad pretty happy it. about that. Hey, what do you say we uh, fire up the good news machine? <laughs> what you got? Heck yeah. Okay, so my good news machine item is that I just read today that uh, so, you know, there's all these anti-trans bills that have been passing in states all over the country. Um, but the good news is that in two of those states, Indiana and Utah, mm -hmm. their legislatures had passed these anti-trans sports bills. Yeah. Specifically, these are the kinds of bills where they, they're, they're making it, they're trying to make it illegal for trans kids to participate in sporting events that align with their gender identity. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's discriminatory and awful and hateful, and it's part of that whole wave of awfulness that is, you know, happening in a lot of states right now. But in these two states... It's also, the by the way, totally stupid. I Because <laughs> as I heard someone phrase it a few days ago, yeah. inequities based on different body types are the entire premise of sports. That's exactly what happens in sports. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that too. You're bigger and faster than me? Oh, shit. <laughs> sports. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Um, so anyway, the good news though is that, that in, in Indiana and Utah, even though the legislatures there had, had passed these anti-trans sports bills, yeah. the, the Republican governors of those two states each vetoed those anti-trans sports bills. Wow. Which, hey, we'll take a win. I knew we'll take about two wins. Utah, didn't know about Indiana. Yeah. Stoked about that. Yeah. Imagine totally. that, Republican governors with consciences. A well, dying breed, really. You know, I'm not I'm not about to give any sort of benefit of the doubt as in terms of like any, you know, actually like uh, uh, good motives on their part. Who knows what why they vetoed these. Probably you know? purely political considerations. It, it could be, yeah. you know, so, but, but you know what, hey, the, what matters is the actual policy and in these states... That is not going to happen, and yay. Yay. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I've got nothing for this one. Oh, okay. Let's get less dumb. Class, anyone? Anyone? Okay, so this one, this, uh -huh. this, this item comes from our misfit star, Elaine. Oh, wonderful. Um, she sent uh, both you and me this this meme on social uh, on a social network um, that I just thought was so interesting. Uh, and it's it's sort of like you know if this section is making us a little smarter, this is this particular item is making us a little bit more emotionally smart. I like love it's, it. It's 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 increasing our emotional intelligence. I love a little it. bit. And here it is. It's a a quote. Uh, the at the the source is at at the mind geek, and it's a quote from somebody named P. Otuama, I'm not exactly sure how to say the name, but I try to credit people when when credit is due. Mm -hmm. um, and it's this, in Irish, so I should say also that Elaine, Misfit Star Elaine, is Irish. Mm -hmm. She lives in Ireland. Yes. And I love talking with her about her language, about, you know, uh, 
uh, the, the Irish language. And it's... Is it Gaelic? Ga- yeah, I guess that's, how, that's what you would say. Um, but it's just... Uh, she she oftentimes will like end an email to me with an Irish phrase. Which and you then have to look up. I have to go to Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank goodness it exists. Yeah. Because, you know, I will, I will look it up. But anyway, she sent us this thing and she says, in Irish, when you talk about emotion, you don't say, I am sad. You'd say, sadness is on me. And I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's tabron orm. I guess is how, that's, that's the closest I can get to saying the Irish phrase. You don't say, I am sad. You'd say, sadness is on me. And I love that because there's an implication of not identifying yourself with the emotion fully. I am not sad. It's just that sadness is on me for a while. Something else will be on me another time. And that's a good thing to recognize. Yeah. And that's the end of the meme. Wow. Just love that. You know, like I, it's really, this is not a new concept, but I love this new visualization of it's it. And I, and I love that the Irish language, that the, 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 the language itself, like really does kind of help people process their emotions a little bit better than English does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like when structurally. You, yes. You know, because when you say when you when you say those words, like language matters. How we speak to ourselves and to others about how we're feeling matters. It helps shape our experience. Oh, it yeah. helps shape how we process those things and move through our emotions and how we move through our lives, therefore. You know? And so like it's just wonderful that the that it's built into the language that you would say that that an emotion is on you as opposed to I am that emotion. I love that so much. I think it's great. I wonder if structurally that would mean that like just as a people, Gaelic speaking Irish would be less likely to indulge in like pity parties, you know? I don't know. None I of this like I'm stupid and dumb and pathetic. <laughs> if only because it would be hard in real time to think what the noun versions of all those are, you know? Also, I, I have stupidity upon me and pathos and and shit. What's the noun <laughs> for the next one? So yeah, I just love this. We are a little bit emotionally more intelligent because of this this gift from the Irish and from our friend Elaine. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, it's a good thought. Yeah, pretty good. Mm-hmm. How about you? Do you have a, an item for less kids, less dumb? Oh, easy for you to say. Uh, no, not very easy, actually. Yeah. yeah. I do have one. <gasps> Let's uh, hear it. And mine is uh, just a little thought about how authoritarians make populations docile oh, and malleable. Oh, gosh, that sounds heavy. It, it is a little bit. <laughs> no, but it's you know all good. What? Like, it's important to no, talk I about this stuff. I know. And it's important to understand the mechanisms because we in our country here, America, are right in the middle of it right now. Oh, I know. We're I know. not as far along the hockey stick incline of of this really like bearing fruit in our country as say Russia might be, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but we're on that path for sure. We're behind them, but we're on the path. And oh, like, it's really important to understand how it works. So, and authoritarians in our country at the extreme right wing uh, are currently like cheering Putin on. Yeah. And he's invaded Ukraine. Like it's, it's insanity. It's but utter anyway, insanity. Yeah. And so the person who's quote uh, I found the other day uh, is ha- Hannah Arendt. Oh. A-R-E-N-D-T. Okay. She is, uh, she was a survivor of the Holocaust. Uh, she was uh, a German political philosopher, right? So she was a survivor mm-hmm. of the Holocaust who devoted herself subsequently to the study of totalitarian wow. regimes. Mm-hmm. It was she who coined the phrase, the banality of evil. Oh, We've heard that, you know, yeah. just the bureaucratic ways in which evil can just manifest yeah. at a governmental level, yeah. you know? Uh, she coined it to describe uh, 
the mentality that she saw in the SS officer Adolf Eichmann, mm -hmm. uh, who was convinced that in helping to craft Adolf Hitler's final solution, he was simply a man, quote, doing my job. And the final solution refers to the extermination of the Jewish population? Yeah, yeah that okay. was the solution they came up with. Uh, in retrospect, not the best solution. And he said that this was just, he was just, quote, he was just, doing his job. He was a cog in the machine is how he viewed himself, you know? Oh, I'm he, just doing my job, man. Just yeah. doing my job. Just yeah. doing my job, making a plan to exterminate millions and millions of human beings. Just showing up for work. Yeah. You know? Wow. Uh, and yeah, the banality of evil, that was her idea to sort of encapsulate that, you know, that thought right. process that just that it's not my idea. I'm not the one who thought of it. I'm just a helper. I'm just right. here doing my job, getting my paycheck, getting my right. health insurance, getting my three weeks off. Yeah. You know, whatever it might be. Really weird. Getting your soul burning in hell for all of eternity if yeah. I believed that hell exists, but I don't, but it, whatever. Yeah. Metaphorically, Seriously. yeah. That's the part they don't tell you. <laughs> um, you know, and so her her insight into how authoritarian leaders manage to control the populace is that the idea that you don't need belief, all you need is confusion. Okay, so like in terms of like an authoritarian or a group of authoritarians, they, they want to entrench themselves in power and they've got to convince the population, or at least a certain percentage of the population, to go along with them, mm -hmm. and so she's saying that they don't. You don't. They don't need to convince that percentage of the population to believe in them. Mm -hmm. They just need to confuse them. Yeah, is that what breaking it down essentially? What she had to say uh, in an interview nearly five decades ago is the following: <laughs> Wow, if everybody always lies to you, the consequence is not that you believe the lies but rather that nobody believes anything any longer. Oh my God, totally. When that happens, people lose the capacity not only to act, but even to think and to judge. Mm. And with such a people, you can then do what you please. Oh my God, that is so true. And how many times have you, over the course of the last, I'm gonna, I want to say since the 2016 election, mm -hmm. have you had a conversation with somebody where they're like, well, you, you know, everybody, all the news organizations are lying. Like, yeah. that's constantly what we're hearing, right? Yeah. Like, heck, I was having a conversation with my mom the other day mm. about, um, oh, it was with regard to daylight savings, uh. right? And I said something like, it's really interesting because my personal feeling about daylight savings is that I would love to have it daylight savings year-round, summer, the summertime mm -hmm. you know, schedule year-round. And I, was I told her that I was reading this New York Times article about it and how they cited one set of scientists who mm -hmm. agree that that would be good. Yep. For, that, that, you know, and in that case, it was, um, it was scientists that study like mental health. Yes. Like in terms of like people's effect on their mental health, they think that you know, not switching back to, to darker sunsets or earlier sunsets in the winter would be better for people's mental health. More sun, better, right? yeah. However, and I was saying in the, you know, to my mom in this conversation that the New York Times also cited other group of scientists who are sleep scientists who by and large say that they think that if we went to, if we're going to stay on one time all the time, which is probably good for us, would be good for us, they think it ought to be uh, standard, standard time. time. Yeah. And that that would be better for our sleep cycles. Right, because it would be more closely aligned with our circadian rhythms. Exactly. But when I said to my mom in this conversation, so there's this one group of scientists who think one way, and there's this other group of scientists who think another way, she's like, well, that happens with everything. 
And I'm like, no, 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 actually it doesn't. <laughs> like it doesn't, but that's the, that's the confusion that you're talking about, yeah. right? Like it yeah. is, it, she has adopted this idea, especially during the pandemic, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, th- this scientist says this and this scientist says the opposite about vaccines. No, no, <laughs> like these are like- That's not even a scientist. <laughs> that's just, that's Alex Jones. <laughs> exactly. But you know, but, the, but, there's, but there's this pervasive thing in our culture where people have given up on the ability to know what is true. And the very idea that truth is knowable. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the case of the like the daylight savings thing, right? There is it's it's both both scientists have studied this scientifically, yeah. done, you know, experiments that have been peer reviewed yeah. and checked and all that kind of and stuff. And they're both right. It, it's just that those two things happen to be in conflict with one another. Exactly. Those yes, it's it's about the perspective and, and this particular issue that each of them are studying yeah. with regard to daily savings. That's right. Because science is not a monolith. There's not one science. Right, right, there's right. There's right. sleep science, there's behavioral science, right. there's all different kinds of science. Exactly. And sometimes depending on what you're looking at, there might be a different yes. angle on that thing from different disciplines. But it was so alarming to hear her say, well, that's true about everything. No, no, it's actually well, not. I and mean, she's been watching Fox News no, for a really long time. And I know. people who consume authoritarian media I know. get steeped in this idea that yes. truth is unknowable, yes. that there is only constant chaos and conflict. <sighs> right, right. And, it, and that's the space in which authoritarians can move in, take advantage of, and... Well, assume power. And they've been really successful with that. I mean, yeah. take her as an example. She is malleable. Yeah. She is ultimately malleable. Yeah. She is at the whim of a strong man. Mm-hmm. Anyone who can say, here's what to do. I'm telling you what to do. No one else is right. I'm right. the only person who's right. Right. That's the kind of message she can really take on board. She's been primed for it. Right. Because she has no idea what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's not true. And for someone to say... This is the what this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. That's got to be very relieving. Surely right. it's the same reason that people with a similar mindset fall for religion. Yeah. Because it's people saying, "Here, doesn't matter what anyone else says, doesn't matter what people say is true, isn't true, what's truth, truth doesn't matter. What matters is what's right and I'm telling you what's right." Right. And it's in this book mostly except for the parts I made up. <laughs> Right, that's yeah, true. But you can trust me. I Don't mean, even trust the book. Here's Just the thing, trust me. Like there are some, there are a lot of religious people who have not fallen to religion. That they actually have chosen their religion and it benefits their lives. That that is a, that is a certain set of people. But you're right. There are, you know, I would I would maybe place what you're describing more in sort of like the cult level, you know, sure. sort of thing where 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 people are are sort of like um, what's the word I'm looking for? They are weaponizing their. Uh, assertion that they are the holders of the truth. Sure, absolutely. Right, and I think that probably there's a, a there's a reason that authoritarian regimes yeah. are pretty much always also religious ethnostates. Yeah, of one flavor oh, for or another. Sure. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of religion, a lot of organized religion, really does prime people for authoritarianism. Yeah, like yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I feel smarter and, Good and happier. <laughs> smarter and happier. So that's cool of me. Thank you. So, hey, do you have uh, you. anything for the suggestion box? I want to speak to you, manager, now, please. Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit um, frivolous, maybe. Good. This we need is, it. This is not. This is not deep conversation. Great. But it's this. Okay. I was looking uh, earlier today. 
because the Oscars are coming up this weekend, mm-hmm. I was looking at who, what, what movies have were nominated for Best Picture this year, and looking over the list, there are ten nominees yeah. for Best Picture. You and I have seen one, two, three, four, five of them. Have we really? We have seen five at least of two them. of which are just. Really? Well, like, hold on. Just hold on. Okay. Hold on. We've seen five. Is that what you're getting at? Just hold on. <laughs> so we've only seen half of the Best Picture nominees. I'm shocked and pleased that we've seen that many. It's possible that we saw the five worst, mm. but literally not a single one of the movies that we have seen that is on this list of nominees for Best Picture of this last year I don't, in my mind, comes anywhere close to deserving a best picture. Not even a good picture. So here's the movies that are on the list, all told. The movie Belfast, we've not seen that. The movie Coda, which is an Apple TV. You probably don't need to say the movie. We know you're talking about movies. Um, King Richard, which is the one about uh, Serena and Venus Williams' dad. Yep. Right? Um, Nightmare Alley, which looks great. We haven't seen that one yet. West Side Story. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are the five that we have not seen. The ones that we have Although, seen... Although, frankly, having seen Encanto makes me feel suspicious about West Side Story. Why do you say that? They're totally unrelated. Yeah, but weren't they both done by the same group of people? No. West Side Story was directed by Steven Spielberg, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was also a no. Lin-Manuel Miranda situation. Uh, he may have been involved, but I don't mm. know. Anyway, different subject. That's not... Lincoln. Fair enough. Yeah. The ones we have seen, uh, Don't Look Up... It was a good movie. Yeah. I don't know that it rises to the level of best picture. No. Like, it was a thought-provoking movie. It was really well done. Yeah. It was current, like, it was important, maybe an important movie even. Also, obviously flawed in some pretty apparent ways. Sure, but, like, in terms, yeah, so in terms of, like, this is the best picture from 2021, I just don't buy it. The next one that we've seen- It's like seen, a B. It was a really solid B. You know what I mean? If it were a paper in my class, I'd be like, good job, kid. Yeah. I mean, it, but I'm, it's not like an A paper. I'm super glad I saw it. And yeah. I, you know, we talked about it for, a, for you know, at length Days. after. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was great. Yeah. But it was not, best picture, I don't know. Honestly, that's the, that's the one that's like the, the best, best of yeah. what we've seen. Honestly, the next one we, we have seen that's on the list is Drive My Car. Which Lovely. is a uh, Japanese movie, mm-hmm. um, which we saw. It was, first of all, it was like three hours long. Yes, it was. We actually broke it up over two nights. Unintentionally. We we got so bored. <laughs> well, we were kind of tired when we started it. And okay. I think we needed like an action movie to carry us through the night. It was our first night of the weekend yeah. and we were pooped a little bit. It was also, it was slow. It was slow. Yeah, it was an hour and a half long movie in a three-hour yeah. format. And so, I'm, and again, I'm glad I saw it. Yep. But it was so slow. Yeah. And uh, and, and and best picture. Like, I mean, honestly, I feel like if if a, if a movie's going to get on the best picture nominee list, you got to do a little more editing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this movie did not need to be three hours long. Like, so there's that. Yeah. Dune. <sighs> That was Which, not super good. I, it was fine. I it was enjoyed okay. it. I'm, again, I'm glad I saw it. Way too long. Could have used some more editing. It was long. The script was ponderous. It had that kind of like mid-2010s like DC universe movie kind of feel to it where it's just where it's it starts off really confusing and you don't know who anybody is or where no. you are or what's going on for like the first half hour. We had to turn and the subtitles then, on just so we could follow along too. Like it was And it's in English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. It was just like ponderous. Yeah. So I mean again, glad I saw it. 
it was, it did the job that I expected this movie to do for me, which was entertain me for a couple of hours and take me to this sci-fi other world thing that was fun. Mm -hmm. But best picture, I just don't buy it. Okay, moving on. Licorice pizza. (sighs) Saw that the other day. What the hell? Like, okay, I've been looking forward to seeing this because it's been getting all these raves. Sure. Who are giving, who, what critics are giving this movie? It is like, first of all, it's about a 25-year-old woman falling in love with a 15-year-old boy. That's inappropriate. That's not appropriate. Like, this is not, and it's not like it was... It's what every 15-year-old boy dreams of. Sure. But that doesn't make it appropriate. And like, it's fine to make a movie about that kind of thing if we're talking seriously about the subject of like... like Inappropriate pretend, relationships. Yeah. yeah. But it's not. It was like celebrating this relationship. And yeah. it's like... No, they no, overcame no, no. obstacles to be together. No. Those are obstacles you should actually also, have not overcome. It would have been nice to have a plot of some kind. Like there was sort of a there were no what there was there was, was like emotion. a there was there were like five different random little plots that happened in non sequiturs to one another throughout the whole movie. That's what it was. I think it's fair to say that things happened. Things happened. Yeah. Not even close to best picture. Like I, 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 I yeah. I'm, I'm like this close to writing Apple TV and asking my money back for renting that movie. Like it was that bad. Like that one, that was bad in my opinion. Yeah, and it's it was, on the best picture it was, list. It was a little, it was a little not great. Okay, and the last one that we have seen that is on this list, and which has been has gotten like more nominations than anything, and I just don't get it. Yeah, is the power of the dog. This one, this is the one that makes me feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. I, because like, everyone's like just getting super blowjobby about what a great movie this is. <laughs> and it's it's barely it even a good movie. So slow. So slow. Like the, I, the big reveal was like so spoiler six, alert if you haven't seen it. No, but I'm not even gonna say what it is. It. I just oh, okay. wanna say okay. that like I don't even need to spoil it. I just okay. wanna say that the big reveal was like I saw, it was like I saw it coming from five miles away oh, yeah. over a hill. No. It was so not surprising. The big reveal were, was not a twist. It was not a big reveal. It but was, you could tell it was supposed to be. You could tell it was supposed to be a, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, it felt like a seventh grader thought of it. Like, wow, that's yes. really deep. Keep writing. Good job, 12-year-old. I know. It, I, and I've seen all these critics just fawning over it. I'm like, I am. So, okay, so my, my, it's my suggestion box item. Like, yeah. can, we need some better movies. And maybe, maybe one of the other five that we haven't seen on this list is actually good. I, I plan to see Belfast. I can't wait to see Nightmare Alley. Yes. Um, I've heard that Coda is great from a trusted friend source. Yep. So maybe that. So, so maybe there's other good ones in here, but like, I. Maybe we just saw the ones that they put in to pat it out. I doubt it. I think Power of the Dog is probably going to win based on like all the critics that are fawning all over. I don't understand it. So either, like there's, like you said, you feel like you were taking crazy pills. Yes. I've also questioned myself, like, am I just old? Am I just like out of touch? Like am I? We're very in touch. We make art for a living. Okay. But you know, I I question myself constantly, but I I, I look at this list and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Mm. You have got to be kidding me. So my suggestion box is we need better nominations. I have seen movies that were made and put out last year that are infinitely better than any of the ones I've seen on this list. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there have been some that we saw that were like, oh my God, that was wonderful. Yes. And they're not on this list. Yeah. I am I should have written down what they were, but I didn't, so I'm not prepared to say what I would have preferred to have on this list. But better movies, please. I mean, okay, 
maybe, maybe we give a little bit of a pass to like the filmmaking community because the pandemic has thrown a wrench into making movies in some way. Maybe they just, maybe, maybe like, they just forgot what good movies are like. Maybe the good ones because they have get pandemic made. brain. Or maybe the good ones didn't get made. Maybe we'll get maybe better the, ones maybe they're next like year. shooting a movie in LA. Everyone's too close together. It's a very congested place. Oh it's too dangerous with COVID. What kind of movie can we make in North Dakota? Well, I guess we have to make Power of the Dog. <sighs> I don't know. I got nothing. Okay. I think we could give Benedict Cumberbatch something more to do than be brooding and menacing. Oh my gosh. He's got so much charisma, so much range. Does he have to just scowl for two and a half hours? It was not good. It was not good. And, you know, I imagine someone listening to this podcast might disagree with me on any of these that I have complained about. But it's my podcast, so there you go. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> so I would like to speak to the manager about the Academy Awards and how they're just absolute crap this year. Great, I'm sure they'll get right back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So hey, uh, why don't we cruise right on into the Inspiration Station? Inspiration Station. That what you got, sugar? Good. Okay, so my item for Inspiration Station this week um, comes from... Uh, uh, Bernice King. She's the youngest daughter of Martin Luther King Jr. Yes, she is. And she runs, she's the CEO of the um, uh, the King Center, which does a bunch of advocacy and, and, and action work around uh, civil rights. Um, she's carrying on the mission. Uh, mm-hmm. And I follow her on, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, and she just... Con- the, the, whoever runs their accounts, it, it is it is it says it's her account, Bernice King. Um, so I'm not sure if she's writing these tweets, but um, she often just has very encouraging things to say for those of us who care about the current civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, and this one just was really lovely. I saw it yesterday. She says, "Family, being truthful about the state of our nation and world does not equal." losing hope. Hmm. Hope sees truth and still believes in better and is willing to strategize and work for it. That which dismisses or does not seek truth but says, it'll be okay, is naivete, not hope. Hmm. And I just like, I really appreciated that because it's, it is, um, it is easy to look around at our nation and the world and see all the reasons to be discouraged. Yeah. And 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 it's it's to say that these that these are discouraging things, that is true, right? It is a truth. It is is looking truthfully at who we are and what we've done and what we've made here and been like, hmm, this is bad. <laughs> a lot of this is really bad. Um, but that doesn't equate to losing hope because you have to see the truth of a situation in order to uh, in order to strategize in making it better and work toward making it better. Mm. You can't you can't just live in denial uh, and expect things to become better. I love well, that. Yeah. And you know, I think that we have talked about this a few times over the past number of years. Sure. Like until you are able to accurately diagnose a problem, yeah. You can't fix it. Yeah. So you got to be like really frank about what's going on, even right. if it's hard to look at, even if it's tough. Right. I just found this really encouraging, you know, that yeah. that, that that recognizing the truth of how things are is part of hoping. It yeah. is part. It is, it is a part of of um, hoping for something better in the future. Oh, I love it. Yeah. How about you? What do you got? I have 
just a little thought from uh, my Rigput glimpse of the day emails awesome. that I get. Uh, they're just uh, Zogchen, uh, Buddhist mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. thoughts that I get once a day. I've been I've been getting them for almost two decades now. Lovely. Long time. I'm not a Buddhist, but I like some of the ideas a lot. And oh, they always sure. just kind of make me think about just pleasant things good things, Mm -hmm. you know? It feels productive to think these sorts of thoughts. Yeah, I don't ascribe to Buddhism either, like as in terms of like any sort of formal relationship with with it, but gosh, it just, like like a lot of spiritual traditions, like a lot of ancient spiritual traditions, Mm -hmm. there is so much that connects with what I know to be true in my life, you know? I mean, like, the the a lot of the the Zen Buddhist stuff really connects deeply with like this album project we're doing right now sure. in terms of like acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a huge part of that. Um, so yeah, I love it. What do you? So what do you? What was mine? Actually, quote? sort of is tangential to acceptance. Oh, great! And so here here is the thought. Here is what it says: the practice of mindfulness diffuses our negativity, aggression, and turbulent emotions, which may have been gathering power over many lifetimes. Rather than suppressing emotions or indulging in them, here it is important simply to view them, mm-hmm. your thoughts and whatever arises, with an acceptance and generosity that are as open and spacious as possible. Mm-hmm. Tibetan masters say that this wise generosity has the flavor of boundless space, mm-hmm. so warm and cozy that you feel enveloped and protected by it as if by a blanket of sunlight. <laughs> That's lovely. Isn't That's that? lovely. Yeah. Also, I was, as you were reading that, I was thinking, sadness is on me. <laughs> yeah. From the Irish language, you know, earlier that we were talking about, like the, the observing feelings rather than being defined by them or controlled by them, but observing them in that, in that sort of space mm-hmm. in which you can remain comforted and enveloped. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a metaphor that you see a lot in these writings mm -hmm. is the idea of just like sitting and watching a river. Mm -hmm. Like you don't judge the water. Right. You don't judge the little eddies. You don't judge individual water drops. Right. There's just a river. Right. And in the same way, in the same way, really like our minds are like a river. Mm -hmm. Or another metaphor that gets used a lot too is that they're like a sky. You know, and mm-hmm. clouds will float aclo- across the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, but like the clouds sky, are on me. <laughs> yeah, but th- but then they will go too. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. sky is always there, and you don't judge clouds. Mm. You know, I mean, maybe you live in the Pacific Northwest, you do a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That would be a futile effort. Yeah, anyway. you just take your vitamin D and move forward. <laughs> but you know, uh, whether it's clouds in the sky or drops of water in a river, like those are like your your thoughts and emotions arising, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And they arise, but they'll, they'll just go back away again. Mm-hmm. And new ones will come. Mm-hmm. But like judging them is really kind of pointless because they mm-hmm. will come or won't sort of completely independent of how you may or may not feel about it. Right. And judging them is counterproductive at best. Right. Which is why, do you recall at the top of the podcast when you asked me how I was feeling and I told you that I had three feelings on my list mm-hmm. and I hesitated to use the word positive. Because yeah. like, even calling a feeling positive and judging it as good is not, there's really no point in that. It implies right? the existence of bad feelings, which is <laughs> not a productive way to look at feelings. Right. Feelings are instructive. Yes. Because they tell us how we're doing and yes. what we need. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Should we wrap this up with a gratitude crank up? Yes. I would love to do that. Would you like to go first or would you like me to? Um, You can go. Okay. Uh, first, I just want to note that we have done a remarkably concise <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like longtime listeners will know that this is maybe the least oh. lengthy podcast we've done in, I don't know, two years. Uh, maybe so. It's remarkable. I mean, we still have, you know, our gratitude items to talk about. We could, we we could, could go for an hour. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then I was grateful about it. We just get into the so I says to him I says phase of my gratitude practice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Does anyone else out there have relatives, older relatives, no. who are like so I says to him I says? No. Yeah, no, you, you do. I do. Your relative is the one I'm thinking of. Oh. Yeah. I, well, you've it's, got it a little bit wrong because I don't recognize it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are you grateful for, Jamie? Yes, what I'm grateful for, uh, two things. I am grateful for a sunny day. Yeah. And a little time outdoors. Yeah. Uh, we had both today. It was the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. It was our first like warm, sunny day really this year. Yeah. And it's very lovely. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful. We sat on a bench mm-hmm. by the water mm-hmm. and we people watched. Mm-hmm. And it was just really pleasant and nice. I got vitamin D in a natural way, mm-hmm. not just in pill form today. It was really good. And then I was reflecting upon that and realizing that I'm also grateful for the fact that I have felt largely fine this winter. Oh, good. Yeah. But just in terms of emotional well-being. Yeah. You know, I love so much about where we live. The amount of sunlight we get here is different than the amount of sunlight that I was habituated to getting when I lived in California for yeah. the first like quarter century of my adult life. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I've definitely had winters here where I have felt not a thousand percent perfect in mm-hmm. terms of my emotional wellness. Mm-hmm. But really, I just felt good this winter. That's great. You know, generally speaking, I had normal human ups and downs, but I didn't have sustained mm. seasonal feeling depression. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that, mm-hmm. you know. That's so good. And I feel good about that. So, uh, yeah, grateful for both those things. How about you? That's great. I have two items on my list today. Uh, One is that I am so grateful for spring. Mm -hmm. And it's springing like crazy around here. Our (sighs) cherry trees are going nuts right now. They're so cute. We have these two small trees in our backyard that have yellow blossoms on them that are Mm. so joyful, joyous. Are they small trees or big shrubs? I don't know. know. It's hard to know. But there's, and just driving around town today and just, you know, over the last couple of days, you, we start seeing all of the trees, you know, mm. blossoming and flower. Dan, uh, uh, daffodils are coming up. Dandelions too. Dandelions You were about too. to say dandelions <laughs> and that's happening. It's the other D flower that yeah. I was meaning also to say. Also yellow, also cheerful. That's right. Mm-hmm. But it's just so wonderful to see um, all of that stuff happening. It makes, I, I really just feel very delighted by it all and very grateful for it. We have just entered this amazing season that we have here in Tacoma where something new is blooming every three or four days for about two months. Yeah. It's just this constant reveal. Yes. It's wonderful. It's a a good idea to get in the car and just drive around town. Or go for walks in the neighborhood. Every three to four days because there's just new stuff. new. Mm -hmm. So good. And my second gratitude item is, uh, it feels a little bit like a mixed bag item for me, but... um, I, res- I I learned yesterday some news about a friend, an old friend of mine who passed away over this last weekend. Yeah. And I'm going to cry a little bit okay. here. <laughs> um, but my old, my old friend Adam, 
passed away this last weekend. Mm -hmm. um, I knew him in high school. Yeah. Um, we haven't been close for a very, very, very long time. We were in touch briefly on Facebook a few years ago. Um, and I got to see just kind of like what he looked like and what he was up to as an adult mm -hmm. man. And it was so wonderful to be back in touch with him for that brief period of time. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew him in high school and just and in, and in college. Um, he was two years younger than me mm -hmm. in high school. Um, and, and presumably for the rest of his life too. Uh, yeah, two years behind me in school. But uh, my senior year and his sophomore year, we were both accepted into the prestigious like audition-only 16-voice chamber ensemble at our school. Mm. It was the choir, the you know the one to be in, and we were both accepted that so year. So was it two voices each of the four, four. male and four female parts? Uh, it was four... Alto, four soprano, four tenor, four bass. Oh, I see. Yeah. Got it. So um, he was a tenor and I was an alto. Mm -hmm. um, but so we, we both came into the choir together and um, he was so wonderful. He was, a very, even in high school, even as a sophomore in high school, was already very tall and a very, like he had a broad frame, you know, he's 6'3", and, you know, just a big, a big guy, you know, Um but the most boyish person I've ever known. Like he'd never walked into a room. He bounced into a room. Like um, we ended up working together at the same bookstore uh, at the end of my high school and into college as well. Um, so we got to spend a lot of time together in, you know, various formats. And he was just the most pure hearted, um, joyful, um, bright, wide eyed person um, and I am so incredibly sad that he has passed away mm -hmm. um, way too young. Uh, and and it's it's it feels devastating. Yeah. And I feel um, like the world is diminished because he's no longer in it. Mm -hmm. But this is the gratitude section. And so I want to say that I'm grateful that I that I got to know Adam. Yeah. Um, sorry for the tears. It's okay. Um, like I really, I really am so grateful that I, that I got to know that bright spirit. Mm -hmm. You and, showed me a couple of videos of, of him oh singing, uh, you know, three or so years ago when he sent them to you. And then, uh, yesterday. and then yesterday also when, yeah. when we learned the news oh, and you could just see his bright spirit shining oh. through. He had so much soulfulness so much. about him yeah, and a real desire to communicate his feelings I mean, when someone sings like that, Ugh. with that level of discipline and control and emotional nuance, mm. you can tell that they have been working at it because communicating emotions really matters to them. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's not sure. like a haphazard thing. Yeah. You know? And it wasn't a performance. It was just authentic. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just... Yeah. Yeah, the real deal. He he was a really wonderful person, and I'm and I'm grateful that all those years ago, in the earlier part of our lives, we got to be friends. Mm. R.I.P. Rest R. in peace, R.I.P. Dear Adam. And you've made me think of just a very interesting little side note. Yeah. So when you were talking about the 16 voice choir and I had oh, yeah. asked, you know, how it was broken up. Yeah. Because there's different ways that you could do that, right? Because if you think about an all men's choir. There can be four parts: bass, baritone, tenor one, tenor two. Oh, yeah. And if you think about an all women's choir, there can be contralto, alto, soprano yes. one, soprano two. Yeah. And so, a possible way to organize a sixteen voice choir would be two of each of those. Which is why you asked if there were two. Yeah, yeah exactly. It but it was just a standard mixed gender, yeah. like two two boys parts, two girls parts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. 
Well, anyway, thank you for letting me share a little bit about Adam and uh, going down Thank you for sharing. Yeah. 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 Rest in peace, Adam. And thank you, listeners, for listening today. Yeah. We really appreciate that you spend a little bit of your time with us um, and listen to our podcast. Listen to us yammer on about stuff that's important to us. Like stupid freaking movies, (laughs) for example. All of a sudden, it's a stupid movie podcast. (laughs) Welcome to Shannon and Jamie's Movies We Didn't Like. The Oscars (sighs) only happen once a year. It's all good. (laughs) My goodness. So, uh, you know... I want to put in a small pitch here for people to support our work. And specifically, here's a reason that's on my mind right now. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I was feeling uh, grateful for early early on, like when I was, when you asked, how are, how are we feeling? And mm. I said, I'm feeling fortunate, yeah, yeah, feeling yeah. gratitude, yeah. just about the, you know, the stuff coming my way from the universe. One of the things that has come my way mm-hmm. uh, is, and I just got an email about it this morning, uh, it's part of a, an ongoing conversation that's been slow because the person involved has just had, she was really busy. She had some shows to perform and some grants she had to write and stuff like that. Just work stuff. Like when you're a working artist, you know, like with Shannon and me, you can sometimes be really, really busy depending on what you're doing. Heard back. Um, and it is this, uh, it's going to turn into this pretty intensive uh, mentorship kind of thing. Uh-huh. So one of those things that I do where I just, you know, using the support that we get from our community, take time mm-hmm. and uh, just pour knowledge into other working artists to help them be better at, you know, doing home recording or making making recordings, making documents of, of their work, of their mm-hmm. songs, you know. Um, and, you know, it's one of those interesting situations. It's, I was talking with you about this. Uh, you know, I always, because people always ask, like, how much does this cost? And it's always this totally open-ended thing, right? Because what I tell people is that, like, we get support from our community to do this. Mm-hmm. If you can help fuel that engine yourself, please do. The more people who support it, including you, means the more I can do it. Right. But also, if you can't afford to pay money for this, know that I will still do it for you because that's what the support we get right. from our community does for us. Yes. And that's this amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, every woman who I who I say this to, it's funny, especially the women, always the women are mm. like, it's really important to me to pay you something and value your time. You know what I mean? <laughs> More than the men. And that's just, that's interesting that's to know. That's not surprising to me. Not hugely surprising to me either being a man. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that sometimes we can just feel like we deserve things. Why wouldn't we get good things? We're men. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but... I know that she doesn't have a bunch of money because she's a working artist and she's been frank with me about Mm. like, you know, she works to support herself, you know, and she writes grants and she does what she can to make ends meet. It's my intention not to have this cost her. Mm. And it would be really helpful to have a couple more people from our community just sign up sure. to be supporting members of us through Misfit Stars. You do that at misfitstars.com slash support. That's how you support the work that Shannon and I do in the world. It's this podcast. It's the mentorship that I do. Mm-hmm. It is the music that you're making, that I'm making with you, the yep. time that we get to spend doing that to put ideas. It's the journaling prompts that yeah. you're giving people apropos of this album. Because it's, it's not just an album project. It's two things in one. It's a journaling project about intentionally discovering how to get over blocks that we might have inside ourselves along the path to serenity Mm -hmm. in difficult times. And you're making an album based on those journaling Mm -hmm. prompts that you've made, but other people are doing their own journeys with those journaling prompts. You know, all of this stuff that we do, 
like we don't monetize it in traditional ways. It's not like you can sell journaling prompts. You know what I mean? And also we wouldn't because that's not the right vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like we're not selling music anymore. No one's buying music. That's not a thing. Right. We sold probably $150 worth of music last year, you know? <laughs> and God bless the 15 people who spent $10 for the CD or whatever, yeah. you know? Mostly we just send them out for free to anyone who wants them because music is free now. Thanks, Spotify. <laughs> and it's okay. Things evolve. Technology right. evolves. That's okay. I get that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but that's why we're really doubling down on this whole community thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like we've really just kind of realized that the more we can make things be non-transactional, the yeah. more we can just put as much good shit into the world as we can think of yeah. and then just come to our community, that's you people listening, mm -hmm. with open hands and just say, hey, look, here's all the stuff that we're doing in the world. Could you please help us not be evicted from our home and not have to go live in a box under a bridge while we continue to do this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how do we continue to, like, pay our mortgage and eat while we keep putting good things in the world? That's yeah. the question that's, you know, on our minds when we're thinking about the support community. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that into the, into the thought processes of whomever is listening right now. Mm. We could use a few more people right now signing up to support the work that we're doing because, frankly, like, I'm just taking on a lot more of it right now. Yeah. I'm happy to do it. I feel so fortunate that I get to do mm -hmm. it. Also, uh, I'm getting to the point where it's hard to squeeze more people in without having to be like, I'm sorry, I don't have time because I actually have to do more paying work because... Yeah we need to eat. Right. And that's not a conversation I want to have with anyone. It's not yeah. a conversation I'm going to have with anyone. Right. All it really means is I'm just going to sleep less and be more stressed out. <laughs> because I'll still do all the free work, right? I will still do all the mentorship. Anyone who asks yes. me to help them, I'm going to help them because that's who I am. Yeah. But we could use more support in it. So, misfitstars.com slash support is where you go to do that. Uh, we Man, would love I'm to see convinced. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the website right now. Great, dude. That's good. That's the least efficient form of money laundering you could possibly think of. Because you'll take our bank card and you'll put it in there, and we'll get the money right back minus the credit card the three percent yeah. credit card fee. Yeah, that's so really, okay. it's like we'll get ninety seven percent. I won't do that. I won't do that. But okay. if I were not me, if I were somebody else, I'd be convinced you did a great job. That's well, thank you. That's what I was trying to communicate. It's because I was telling the truth, and the truth is always very convincing. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Despite what authoritarians oh, might have you believe. Good callback, huh? Yeah, very good callback. Thanks. Misfitstars.com slash support. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. All right, y'all. We'll be back again next week with more. Um, until then, please take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Please do. We love y'all. See you later. See you. Bye.